everybody, this is producer Jordan again, just letting you know that this episode on evangelism is going to be divided into two parts. We're trying to keep these episodes as bite-sized as possible to 30 minutes or less, because we know you all have a lot going on, and with the podcast content we're producing, we just don't want to overwhelm you with too much stuff. So in this first episode, Josh and Mike kind of talk about what evangelism is and why do we have problems sharing it. They also share some humorous stories about some evangelism fails, which we might all be able to relate to. And next week, you will get the second part of the conversation. So when this episode ends abruptly with the music, you know why, because it's two episodes. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to Life Together, a podcast for Gresham Bible Church, where we exist to glorify God and being disciples who make disciples of all people through the transforming power of the gospel. I'm Mike Dahl, and with me today is Josh Howith. Hi, Josh. Hello, Mike. Hello. How's it going? Good. You? I'm doing pretty well. Excellent. Doing just fine. How about you? Yeah. Yeah, good. I'm looking forward to our conversation today about evangelism. So we're going to talk this through. Uh, this will hopefully be ongoing conversations, right? A huge topic, important topic, but just want to kind of enter into a conversation today about evangelism. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. So when you hear the word evangelism, like what comes to mind for you? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of us probably just think of those cold turkey situations, I'm guessing, right, where we just walk up to somebody and say, I'm going for it, you know, and that doesn't always go very well. Um, I don't know if you've ever had any personal bad experiences with trying to do that, where you just felt like this is my thing. I'm going to go talk to this person or, Oh yeah. uh, Have you had any bad experiences of that or? Yeah. In high school, I went to a private Christian high school with the best of intent, but they would send us out into these neighborhoods, Mm -hmm. drive the sweet old church van, drop off loads of kids in their dress code to go, uh, evangelize door to door. And yeah. so we had about a 10 minute training before an nice. awkward That's ninth, all you need. Yeah, before an awkward ninth grader, Mike Dahl walks up to a door <laughs> and gets rejected time and time again <laughs> and people slamming their door in our face, etc. So that is a little Mike Dahl got a door little Mike face. Dahl oh, with okay. his rayon t-shirt and awkward glasses and huge braces uh <laughs> so yeah why were your braces huge because my curious. teeth are okay, huge okay yeah um so yeah that's like a formative misconception that's not evangelism but when people say that word it's just interesting to find out mm-hmm. what comes to mind how about for you yeah I mean that's definitely what comes to mind is just kind of those uh, situations and I and I want to be clear like I don't think it's bad I think it many times could be good just to walk up to people oh, and yeah. talk to them like so people do that I think it can be really great but I mean I when I my life is really transformed in college I remember going to Malaysia my first time being overseas and there was this um, uh, Chinese woman there um, who was kind of, she was with Campus Crusade and she would um, I can't even think of her name right now but she would, uh, I'd go out with her and for some reason just me and her and she would literally just command me to go to talk to people. It was so fascinating wow. and I would not disobey her. So she I remember one point we're at this mall and she looks over, we're coming down this escalator and she looks at this table of two guys and she goes go talk to them. 
So I no joke just walked over and was like, hey, guys, can I sit down and join you for lunch? And it's just such a weird contextual thing. Like, you would never do that in America. Um, and I was just like, well, they maybe they think this is normal. And so luckily they talked to me, but just so awkward. And because when I've seen that done in America, I'm, one of the most vivid memories is me being with a friend at TGI Fridays. And, um, you know, we're in college and he's thinking – uh, he, he really sensed that God wanted him to go up to this bar at TJ Fridays and talk to this person about Christ. And so he, no joke, goes, I'm going to go for it. And he gets up and he goes over and walks over to this person. And he walks over and he says to them, hey, I know this is weird, but I just felt like God told me I need to come and talk to you. And the person looked at him in the face and just said, no. And just like walked away, you know, just like God did not tell you that and walked away. And so it was just so awkward. And I I just think those images come to my mind when we think of evangelism. It's scary. Mm -hmm. It's awkward. No one wants to do it, but we all feel like we're supposed to do it. So there's a lot of like shame around it, I think. Um, It's just a really complicated, in an experiential way. Um, issue because in, I think in many well-meaning ways we've tried to help people in evangelism um, yet uh, sometimes the ways that we've helped them has probably put a burden on people to think of it a particular way yeah. that um, maybe we don't really necessarily see it being spelled out that way yeah, by no, Christ sure. as a step one do this, step two yeah. do this. Yeah, I know the intent of our conversation is to help one another and help our church really think through what evangelism is and take some of the misconceptions or the baggage away, just like you said experientially. It's not bad to proclaim the gospel in every way, but there it is when you press into people's stories who've walked with the Lord for a while, there's like it just goes hand in hand with awkwardness sometimes. And why is that? And help kind of demystify it a little bit. Right. Totally. Yeah. So what happened after your friend, just real quick asking (laughs) after he came back to sit at your table at TGIF and the guy told him, yeah, God didn't tell you that. What'd your friend do? Oh man. He came back and just hung his head and we probably made fun of him. I don't know. I I shouldn't have, you know, but uh, he's now a missionary actually. So in central Asia. So, you know, something happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's great. But yeah. So so we've talked about some, you know, evangelism, awkwardness, a few fails. We could tell many other stories, but what's a helpful way that you would kind of help us think about evangelism, define it, put some words to it. When we're saying evangelism, what do we mean? Yeah, I think that's actually a really important thing for us to do because, you know, you know, one of the phrases that's gone around, I'd say, especially in the emergent church movement um, that happened primarily in the late 90s, early 2000s, you know, there was that famous quote, you know, preach the gospel if necessary, use words. You know, people really gravitated towards that. I think because we, again, think evangelism is so awkward and embarrassing and that kind of stuff often. And so um, people are like, yeah, I'm preaching the gospel through my actions. And I think what we believe, uh, when we believe the gospel and what we do should be tethered together. The New Testament goes to painstaking lengths to constantly show that to us, that we should do what's good and have these good deeds and all that. But that's not what it means to to evangelize, right? To to bear the gospel message, right? To, um, to to be good news people, right? And so there's a an aspect of speaking that's really um, necessary when we're talking about we're talking about mm-hmm. something. So, but you, we both uh, found out today that we both really like a similar evangelism book by Max Stiles, and you yeah. pointed out a really helpful definition in that. Yeah, yeah. So Stiles defines evangelism in the book. Uh, he says evangelism is teaching the gospel with the aim to pursue 
I like it for a few reasons. One, because it's short, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, I like it because it has aim and purpose in it, right? So it's really helpful for us to have a common work and under, working understanding that's biblical. Hey, when we're talking evangelism, like, what yeah. do we actually mean, right? Totally. Um, Not to correct yeah. you, but it, his oh, quote is actually uh, the aim to persuade. Oh, what did I say? But pursuing it's is pursue. good to do. <laughs> oh, persuade, the pursue. Aim to pursue. Yeah. 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 So yeah. maybe persuade. I don't like it as much. Yeah, I, I like know. it even more yeah. now. Yeah. But I think that's an important uh, the reason I even uh, brought that up is cuz I think it's important like in evangelism we're actually hoping to persuade people. Mm-hmm. Like not in a weird manipulative way or anything, but it's cuz we actually believe something is inherently true and everyone's primary problem in life has been provided as the solution is through the death and resurrection of Jesus. Like yeah, he no. is our only hope of what this life is all about. And so uh, I want to share that message, right? That's that's gospel that Christ has won the victory, that he has defeated sin, death, hell, and there is forgiveness and peace offered through his sacrifice. Yeah. And so there is a teaching, there's a sharing of that message. But as I share it, I'm not doing it. That's why I like the Max Stiles definition. I'm not doing that and going... Yeah, but you can take it or leave it, right? You're like, no, like, I want you to believe this because it's mm-hmm. true, right? Amen. So there's a persuasion there that I think uh, is really important. So, But pursuing yeah. people is good, too. <laughs> Thank so. you for, no, you don't know that <laughs> quote. Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. It is persuade. Uh, yeah, and I know where we're coming from at Gresham Bible Church, too. At least for me, I think about evangelism. Then my mind just goes too quickly to, like, method. Right, and I'm not saying methods aren't helpful. They're tools. I've used different methods. I'm sure many people have. Like, let's lean into the actual message of what we're sharing, not mm. just get high centered on some methods. If that makes sense. Absolutely. So, yeah. 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 Fantastic. So, uh, when we think about evangelism, Josh, would you say overall is evangelism, you know, um, having really strong popularity marks in the culture, or is it more falling on hard times? Mm, sounds like a leading question. Yes, it is a leading um, question. Yeah, I think evangelism is really popular. All you the cool do? kids are doing oh, it. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Uh, no, <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's really, uh, saying this earlier to you, but I think it's really fallen on hard times. I mean, I quoted this in a sermon in a, a couple weeks ago, I think, but. But there was a recent Barna study group where they, you know, it's one study, but they polled uh, millennial Christians. So Christians aged in their 20s to up through my age, probably around 38. Um, you, are you a millennial? You uh, probably not. No, yeah. hard no <laughs> hard to that. No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you are then. But, uh, uh, but they said 47% of millennial Christians responded that witnessing to non-believers is wrong. Hmm. Uh, I'm like, man. Wow. That's a big age group. And again, it's one study. But I think that study, you could take or leave the percentages. That's saying almost half of these Christians, a part of which I'm in this group, Jordan, you're in this group, right? We would say, yeah, it's actually wrong to share the gospel. So um, that percentage could be higher, could be lower, who knows? But the point is, I think it's fallen on hard times. And I was sharing this with you, but I got invited when we lived in Corvallis by a person in our church to go and share it this uh, Kiwanis group, um, which was made up of a uh, little bit older adults, you know. Um, but I was invited to come and share because this person in our church who wasn't even a Christian, so he wasn't like a member of our church, but he attended regularly. Um, he was fascinated because I knew all this information about Corvallis and demographic research and stuff because um, I'm fascinated by those things. And I went and shared, and he wanted me to share about planting a church in Corvallis and what's that like. Hmm. So I was like, what a weird thing to want to go speak to a group of non-Christians about. Took advantage of it, though. 
I don't know how interested these people were in anything I was saying, but the very end, I got some Q&A time with these people, and one guy in particular uh, was pretty upset. Um, just right away, you could tell, and he, you know, in an angry way, was like, do you tell your people to go out and share the gospel with others in Corvallis? And, you know, I could tell what he was hoping I was going to say. And I responded honestly um, by saying, well, I really hope that everyone, I just want everyone to be genuine Christians. And the reason I responded that way is I'm trying to speak his language a little bit in the in the regard that, like, I think as Christians, if we're being genuine and we really believe the gospel is good news, we're applying it to our life. We've talked about this a lot of, on this podcast and as a church. Then at the end of the day, I just kind of have to be an honest, genuine person. And that's the messaging of our day. It's yeah. to be your true self. And so, and I talked to this individual particularly about how everyone's an evangelist for something. Everyone has a worldview that tells them this is gospel, this is good news, this is like how you should live, this is the solution to our problems. We all have that, and so everyone's an evangelist, and so I was just trying to help him see the common ground that people think that's wrong, but everyone does it. And at the same time, I think Christians, we will share the gospel. It doesn't mean we don't have to be intentional about it, that it won't be hard at times or awkward, but we will share it if we really believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, I'm not really sure what he thought after that, um, but apparently even my addressing that common ground that we have at least made him less upset, more yeah. quiet. But yeah, so it was interesting. I thought it was just a, an interesting example um, yeah. for how evangelism is viewed today. So yeah, that, that's a really helpful picture and how you entered yeah. in at his level to explain it. Would you mind just yeah. kind of fleshing it out a little bit? You said everyone is an evangelist. What, what do you mean by that? Well, again, if we're, um, we're bearing witness, we're messengers sent out with this gospel, right? Meaning good news. Um, we are evangelists then, right? Like we are to go and share, to go and tell that we bear and hold true this message in us. Um, that we're that Jesus has told us you, we are the plan mm-hmm. to go out into the world and to bear this. Me- I mean, Paul spends really uh, epic, you know, verses and writes epic verses in Romans about that. Like, how are they going to believe if they do not hear, and how are they to hear if no one is sent? And yes. how beautiful are the feet of those that bring good news? And we we hear that faith comes through hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. Mm-hmm. So. Um, if people are going to have a faith in Christ, and we know from Ephesians 2, right, faith is a gift from God, that gift is received in people's lives through hearing, and that hearing is through a message. So we are to go and have that beautiful feat. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm I'm a millennial, so I mean, I don't know in your generation, <laughs> Mike, if it's maybe falling on hard times, or is it popular with, with, your, with your age uh, group? With or? the old people, <laughs> evangelism, uh, I would say, I think for me, like in terms of talking about this, a hope for a conversation as a church and takeaway <laughs> is kind of to calibrate that we're in a post-Christian culture. <laughs> so for my generation, not too far from your generation, but definitely I'm not a millennial. Um, Carrie and I just had this conversation, actually, what, yeah. <laughs> what generation we're in, and we both decided we're not, yeah. is um, basically th- that we need to know the time and place in which we are that helps inform our evangelism. The message is always good news, right? Gospel, good news. But to be a wise and winsome missionary, 
an evangelist of what we're sharing, just like is modeled for us throughout the New Testament, you need to know who your listeners are, mm. what the idols of your culture are, whatever language you want to put around it. Like you need to contextualize it at some level. So um, for me, in my generation, uh, it's always on hard times, and that's the glory of the gospel. And so yeah. just trying to help us be wise and winsome kind of in our day and place and talking this through. So like when we think of evangelism, I know in my life mm-hmm. it's something I want to grow in. I have grown in. I want to continue to grow in talking with different people. Like it's hard, right? Like, yeah. hey, what do you think I should say to my non-Christian friend and this and that? So we could talk about it for a long time, but from your perspective, Josh, and your experience, what are maybe some problems baked into that when someone's like stuck or not uh, wanting to evangelize or just feeling like, uh, this is tough for me. What do you think's going on there? Yeah, honestly, I think it's pretty complex. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not something we can just go, Hey, we all got to get over this and it'll be fine. You know, yeah, cause exactly. I think there's, there's a lot of fear in evangelism. Um, and if we're being honest, it's fear over, um, what people think about me and, mm-hmm. Uh, we don't want to be ostracized. We don't want to be singled out. You know, we want to be a part of the group. You know, that's just kind of innately what we long for as humans. And so there's a lot of that fear. You know, the Bible would call it like fear of man, you know. And uh, so I think that's definitely a huge factor. Um, that's what makes me think of First Peter chapter 3, where this church, or this, this dispersed church, um, the diaspora that Peter's writing to, you know, they have uh, tremendous persecution. I believe under Nero, they're being killed um, just in horrific public ways. And um, he says in verse 13 of chapter 3, Now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, so, so for doing what's right in God's eyes, right? For, even if you suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. And then he says, Have no fear of them nor be troubled, but, and here's the solution to our fear and being troubled. I just think it's interesting. Verse 15, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord, so master, right, as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, So when you're slandered, right, we should expect to be slandered, to not be thought of well by others. Those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame, for it is better to suffer for doing good if that should be God's will, so that it could be God's will for us to suffer for doing good, Hmm. right? And often it is. Then for doing evil, it's better to suffer for doing good if that's God's will than for doing evil. So I think there's a lot in that passage alone. But again, um, initially, that's what I was bringing it up for is uh, I just think it's fascinating that Peter says, have no fear of them, um, those who are not Christians. And the motivation to fight that fear is to honor Christ the Lord as holy, right? Mm -hmm. So our fear is a battle for honor, right? Um, If you think about it that way, my fear is a battle for honor. Who am I going to honor? Am I going to seek my own honor uh, in their eyes? Uh, am I going to seek Christ's honor, right? And yeah. so um, so it's a fight, but I think we have to fight in that honoring of Christ as holy. But he also says, always be prepared to share a reason for the hope that is in you. And that reason is Jesus. So we're supposed to make this defense, right, yeah. in that regard. Like, hey, this is 
this is why I have this hope. It's because of Christ. And you can read chapter one and Peter lays out just so richly all the inheritance that we have and this grace we've received in Christ. Um, but then I, sorry, I, I know I'm explaining a lot here, but um, I think it's worth it. Um, just at the end, he goes, how, so how do you give a defense uh, with gentleness and respect? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's so interesting. We don't think of evangelism often in that way that um, I'm giving this reason for the hope in me to other people because yeah. I want to honor Christ and um, the tone, the way that it's felt mm. is respectful and um, gentle. That's countercultural. Right? Yeah, I mean, who talks like that? Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, and so anyways, it's just there's a lot here. Like, I need to get this into my heart because this is telling me that, like, in, in part, evangelism has a suffering component to it. Mm. And so that's what's so hard is I want to run away from that. So my problem is that I'm afraid. So we're in a battle for honor. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's definitely one huge thing. Um that comes to my mind. Is there anything that's popping into your brain as we're, we're talking? Or? Yeah, we didn't talk about this ahead of time, but same book, First Peter uh, chapter um, 2. So earlier uh, he writes that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. Oh. So First Peter, first audience, exiles under persecution. Christians are to proclaim his excellencies. So oh. herald, proclaim, speak words doesn't give any qualifiers of context doesn't say if you suffer or not proclaim his excellencies and i so i guess for me i so appreciate what you just shared it's a battle for honor and if i'm to proclaim his excellencies do i really believe jesus is excellent Mm -hmm. and if i don't i'm probably not going to share it right so like when's the last time someone asked you to give you a reason for the hope that you have like i just there's so much of this that um just ties together you've really encouraged and challenged me, Josh, talking about, you know, how do we grow in our evangelism and Gresham Bible Church? How do we grow as a church in this in terms of our mission? And you've said this, and I think it's spot on, like too many times as believers, we have a hard time talking about Jesus with each other. If we're just being super honest, Mm -hmm. like it can feel awkward or it's assumed but like when am i proclaiming jesus's excellencies to my brothers and sisters at in christ at gbc right and then if i'm talking about the gospel all the time that's the lens that i see the world mm-hmm. it's natural and i'm going to be talking with non-believers about it too so yeah it's there's a level of fear and maybe um, being ashamed sometimes and maybe we're not training ourselves well in terms of our normal conversation within the church too. So man, I, anyway, you shared that recently and that's been on my mind. So, no, yeah. I think that's, that's just something I think about. I mean, yeah, that if, if it's awkward for you and I in our everyday conversation, not when like we have these podcasts, for example, yeah. I think people expect us to talk about Jesus on here. I hope so. Um, but like if we're just hanging out, mm-hmm. right. Uh, and maybe we're a bad example because we're pastors or something. So maybe there's more expectation on a natural level for us, but I would say there's a lot of other people that I interact with and who are Christians. Um, I can even think about this at times in my family life or something. And is it weird for me to talk about the gospel? Mm. Is it weird for me to bring up Christ and in an actual personal level, not just like what's happening in Christianity or churches or ministries, but like I'm believing this, I'm fighting to believe this, I'm struggling to believe this, you know, and like, Hey, um, yeah, I'm 
I mean, we don't talk this way that much, but maybe we should. I don't know. Um, someone being like, hey, Josh, I, like, I love you, man. Like, I, I'm noticing you're it doesn't seem like you're believing this right now. You know, let's mm-hmm. talk about that. And, um, in this way and just, that's so not normal. And so, but if that, that's the whole idea, right? Like yep. If we can't even talk about the gospel <laughs> and we both believe it, yeah. uh, if that's weird to us, then of course it's going to be weird to talk to non-Christians about it because they don't even believe it. Yeah. Right. So, um, but, but the thing that came to my mind a little bit is, um, uh, just it's worth saying because of the first Peter stuff that we're bringing up, but in Acts chapter five, right? This famous, the apostles are arrested and freed, you know, passage, and Peter answers, you know, to these people. So it's Peter, right? Mm-hmm. And he answers to these people who who strictly charge them not to teach in the name of Jesus. Um, and he goes, yet you know, we've told you to do that. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching. And you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. And Peter and the apostles say, we must obey God rather than men. Right? And so, and then he goes, the God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging on a tree. So he's, he's just like, yeah. they're, they're telling him to stop sharing it. And he's like, I'm going to tell you about it. <laughs> you know, like, it's just so, it's so great, you know. And, um, and I'm like, I want to be like that in so many ways. Um, but they're doing that with gentleness, with respect. And there's that idea there, like, it's a fight for honor, right? Yeah. I must obey um, God rather than men. Yeah. That doesn't mean I'm a jerk about it at all. Yeah, amen. Um, so, yeah, anyway. The gospel's offensive doesn't mean we have to unnecessarily be so. Right, so, yeah. right, totally. Yeah. Yeah.